Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Well, we are talking about a way forward. A way forward from what? Well, a way forward from, from the aftermath of what 2020 has done to all of us. 2020, I believe, has affected all of us uh, emotionally, mentally, uh, maybe even physically. Um, it has taken its toll, and 2021 uh, is, isn't looking much better, but I, but I think it's getting better. It's getting, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're moving in a, in a good uh, a direction. And so what does it mean for us as, I don't know, Christians or really as people moving forward? How, what is the way forward? So last week, if you were listening or watching or with us here in the room, uh, we talked about that uh, the way forward for us is to start with who we are, who we are, um, and who God says we are, um, but, but more importantly, what it, who, who we are, our identity, our, our, how God has made us. And, and that's, uh, I believe, the first step in, in, in a, as a way forward for us is to understand, you know, who we are, who we are uh, in, in, in the way that God sees us. And, and John the Baptist, um, man, he forgot who he was. He forgot his purpose. He forgot his calling uh, when he was arrested, when he was put in prison, and he spent time in prison for, for 10 months. And he started to question not only who he was, but he started to question who, who Jesus was. And he sent some of his disciples to ask Jesus, hey, are you the expected one or should we put our faith in the right, in, a, in, a, in someone else. And so Jesus has simply sent a message back to John to say, John, listen, you stay who you are. You stay who you are because you put your faith in the right person. And so that's the first step, I think, as a way forward is, is understanding our identity. Uh, if you look in the scriptures, you'll see a story that is a tragic, tragic story uh, and it's even even hard for us to even wrap our minds around or even understand how this this person could go through uh, so much uh, you know tragedy in, in, in really a single in a single day. I mean, what this person experienced in one day, you know, doesn't even you know compare to what we've experienced maybe even all together in this room in a year. I mean, this guy, his name was, was Job, and Job lost, man, he lost his, his, his children, uh, he lost his, his wealth, his livelihood, you know, he even lost his own personal health, and, and, but before that, it was described by, 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 you know, the scriptures that Job was a, he was a righteous man, he was a, a person that had, had you know, integrity and in, in character, that's, that's just the way that he was described, he was just, he was going to honor, honor God in, in, in his life, and he, and he did so, and then he loses it all, he loses everything, and then it says this in Job 2.9, it says, then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Do you still hold fast to your integrity? And then she says, curse God and die. Curse God and die. Now, I hope that your spouse never, ever says that to you. I mean, that's a bad day. I mean, on top of an already terrible day. And this is what Job was. I mean, he was, whether it was things were going well for him, you know, whether he was experiencing, you know, 
wealth and prosperity and, and health and happiness and family dynamics were going well. He was a man of integrity. But even when all of that started to pull away or to be stripped away from him and he started to lose everything, all he had left was his integrity. That's all he had left. All he could, all he could control was his integrity. And so a way forward for us is that whenever we go through things in our life, whenever we experience things that we experienced in 2020, a way forward for us is, 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 is to maintain and to keep our integrity because that's the only thing that we can really control. It's like a banana. You're like, all right, he already got there. It's like a banana, all right? So like a banana, this is a banana. I don't need to, you know, try to just, just explain to you why this is a banana. But when you know and you see this, this is, this is a banana. And so just like what it identifies itself as a banana, even when things are peeled away, even when things are stripped away, even when things are removed from our life, even when we go through things that we don't like in our life, the what, what is identified on the outside is also the same as what's happening on the inside. That when things are peeled away, so the external identifies it as a banana, but even when I peeled it away, even when I stripped it away, even when things were, was, was stripped from it, it still identifies itself as a banana. In other words, what it shows on the outside, what it shows on the external is also true about the inside of it too. Now, I'm not going to eat this because I hate bananas. I cannot stand bananas. Now, so it, oftentimes we are people that look like this. We say we're a banana we try to identify or show ourselves, yeah, I'm a banana, I'm a banana, I'm a, I'm a banana. But in reality, you're not fooling anybody, are you? Like, you're like, that's not a banana. Because what happens is, is that even though the external sort of looks like a banana, and you can say you're a banana, what happens is, ultimately, when the external is pulled away, and, and, and all the external is stripped away, and you lose things, ultimately what happens is you don't really identify, or you're not really seen any longer as a banana. Now you're sort of seen as something else. And for this case, this can say it's a banana all day long, but the reality is, is that you're not a banana because when things are stripped away, you're actually a tomato. But the illustration is, the application is, is that just because we can say we're one thing externally doesn't mean that that's actually what we are. And that integrity, integrity is, is that, hey, this was the way that Job was described, upright, you know, righteous, faithful, God-honoring, a man of integrity. And even when all of that was stripped away from Job, he still was what he said he was. He still was what people thought he was. That's what he was. And, and when he lost everything, when everything didn't go, when things didn't go the way that he wanted them to go, he didn't show himself to be anything else other than what he's described 
as. Are you with me? You see, when it comes to integrity, when it comes to integrity, it is about what's what God is looking at specifically is what's going on on the inside. Integrity is about, about what, what is actually happening from the inside. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke commonly about our, what, what's most important to him is what's happening inside of us, not necessarily the external. As a matter of fact, the, the people that Jesus had constant run-ins with were those who were considered to be and, and viewed by and seen by religious men and women. And these people, you know, had the, the dress right. They had the, you know, the, the, the language right. They had everything about them externally that led people to believe that they were so spiritual and so close to God. And Jesus would commonly call them out on how they were on the outside, they looked good, but on the inside, they didn't. And one day, some of these religious leaders started to question Jesus and his disciples, and specifically, they were saying you know, things to Jesus like, hey, Jesus, why, why when we come to a ceremony and when we come to offer sacrifices, why is it that your disciples don't wash their hands? Why don't they, why don't they you know, go through the ceremonial cleansing process of making sure that they wash their hands, symbolic of you know, washing themselves clean in order for them to bring themselves or show themselves to be righteous? And, and Jesus responds to that in this way. He says, says to them in Mark 7.15, he says this, There is nothing outside the man which can defile him. If it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. He says, listen, it's not about the external and all of us can be good at exhibiting or demonstrating ourselves as externally close with God. But Jesus is saying, listen, I'm looking at the inside. I'm looking at the internal. I'm looking at what's coming, what's inside of here. Because what's inside of here is eventually going to come out of there. It's like when you look when you look for a house, right? When you're house hunting, and they have a lot of you know house hunting kind of a shows out there that that we like to watch, and maybe you like to watch as well. But even if you find a house or look at a house, and the external of the house, you know, may look like wow, this is a nice house. Everything is painted perfectly. Everything is put into place. Everything is organized. Everything is new looking to me. New cabinets, new countertops, you know, redone floors, you know, brand new bathroom. But then you get the inspection, right? And then the inspection comes back to say like, hey, you, you have some plumbing issues. Or hey, you have some bad electrical issues. Or, or hey, you have some foundational problems. The chances are, even though the external of the house looks appealing, when you discover that there's some things internally... And I, and I, and you know, it maybe some, there's, I think there's a show, it's like called Good Bones, right? I don't know if you watch this, Good Bone. Like if the house has good bones to it, it's worth, it's probably worth the investment. Why? Because here's what we know. External appeal, external appeal doesn't seal the deal. The internal will reveal the appeal. 
You should take a picture of this. This is good. This is good. External appeal doesn't seal the deal. Just because a house, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, maybe looks good externally, but when you discover that there's some internal things, that is a deal breaker. The internal will reveal the appeal. This is integrity. This is how we define or how Jesus defines integrity. Now, here's the good news for all of us. And you're thinking, when we talk about integrity, that means I have to be sinless. I have to be perfect. I have to get it always right. I have to get it all together. I can't, I can't measure up. I, can, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Listen, David, D- David, you know David, David in the Bible, King David, David and Goliath, you know David. David, here's, here's, here's what, David wasn't even invited to the brother lineup when the prophet went to his house, to Jesse's house to see who God's next king would be. David wasn't even allowed to come into the house. They made him stay out with the sheep. And, and, and Samuel, the prophet, comes in and is like, goes through all of Jesse's sons, you know, and he's like, nah, I, I'm just not sensing that the, any one of these, I mean, all of it, they look handsome, they look tall and handsome, you know, they, they, they're, I mean, they, they have the appearance of a king, do you have any more sons, Jesse? And Jesse's like, well, yeah, I got like this little runt kid. Like, <laughs> he's, he's out tending to the sheep. Like, and Samuel's like, well, bring him in. Bring him in. And they bring David in. And, and Samuel's like, this is, our, this is the next, this is the king. This is our king. And then, and then Samuel says, you know, God God doesn't look at the outward appearance. Man looks at the outward appearance, right? But it's God who's looking at the heart. It's God who's looking at the heart. Man, we do that. We live in an image is everything culture, right? And we get so consumed and caught up in, in image and how we look and how we're perceived and how you know, people view us. All, we, we so, we're so caught up in an image culture and we, we are consumed by image, but God is consumed with integrity. Man looks at the outward appearance, but it's God who's looking at the heart. And David Man, if you read the story of David, he was not a perfect guy. I mean, come on. I mean, David committed adultery. David even was responsible for murder to try to hide and cover his sin. But yet, what's described about David in two verses in the scripture is that David was a man after God's own heart. So maybe the good or the encouraging news for all of us is that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be sinless. We don't always have to have it together, and we don't always have to have the best day. But God is looking at the heart. God is looking at the heart. When we're all looking at the outside, the external, God's looking somewhere else. He's looking internal. Oh, you can say you're banana, but... (laughs) When we peel it all away, and when life gets hard, and when life gets difficult, I don't want you to show yourself to be a tomato. I want you to be who you are, external 
and internal. So what is integrity? What is integrity? Well, integrity is this. First, this way of describing integrity is motivation. Motivation. That's sort of what we're talking about. We're talking about motivation or, or the motives, the motives. And here's a, a verse in Proverbs says this. Proverbs 21.2, every man's way is right in his own eyes. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. In other words, you determine what you think is right in your eyes, and somebody else determines what they think is right in their eyes, and other people think they, they think this is the best way, and, other, and you say, no, 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 this is the best way. He says, every man's ways is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord weighs the heart. It, it, it's, about, it's about motive. It's about motive. What, what, is the, what is the motivation? What is the motivation for why you do what you do? What is the reason? What is the, the heart of why we say or do or go or respond or act or, or, or watch? Or, what is that motivation for us? And we can have right, we can even have right actions. So our actions can even be right. So we can, we can do the right thing. We can, we can give and we can show up to, to church and we can, you know, we can, pr you know, pray, you know, publicly, you know, and we can, you know, say that we're, you know, we're fasting and we can go through all these different spiritual disciplines. We can, we can do the right actions, but we can, we can do them with the wrong attitudes. You see, God isn't even interested in the right action. God is interested in the right attitude. What is the motive? What is the reason? What is the purpose? Even if it's the right action, it can be done in the wrong attitude, the wrong motive. Jesus gave this, this example in Matthew 6. Jesus said this, beware, beware, watch out, be careful of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. And then he goes on and he talks about giving. And he goes on and he talks about prayer. And he goes on and he talks about things that you sacrifice. He, go, he, he, he talks about, you know, how, you know uh, how much scripture you can, you can memorize. Listen, if what we're doing, even if it's right action, if what we're doing, Jesus is saying, so that you can be noticed by them, so that people look at you and go, wow, they're spiritual. Wow, they're, wow, they're, they're close with God. Wow, they, they really have it together. Wow, man, do you see how much they know of the, of the, you know. If that's what your motive, Jesus is saying, there's no reward for that. There's no reward for that. On a few different occasions, um, uh, I hate to, sometimes I don't like to say these things because, you know, you, you, you feel bad for me or you want to, I, I, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm feeling fine. But on occasion, I have to donate uh, my blood. Um, I feel, uh, sometimes I feel tired and weird and, and I, I don't know, I even know how to even describe it. I, this is, these are the terminologies that I use with my wife. I don't know, I feel tired and I feel weird. But then I go and I, uh, what, what's happening is my hemoglobin globin go, gets too high and, and a doctor advised me just to go and donate some blood um, and, and so whenever I go and do that, um, I feel better. I, I get rid of, you know, some red blood cells and, and I feel, I feel good. And then, you know, after a while, then I'll feel tired and I'll feel, 
icky and weird, and then I go and donate blood, and I feel better. And so I've done this a, a few different times. Well, Red Cross thinks that I'm awesome. <laughs> Red Cross is like, thank you. You know, I get emails, all, thank you for your donation of your, of your, you know, another donation. Wow, you're really just, you know, you're really being a help. Now, listen, listen, I'm happy. I'm happy to help anybody that can use my blood for them. I'm, I'm, I really am. That, I really am happy for them. But here's the motivation. <laughs> the motivation is primarily, I shouldn't, shouldn't admit this, but I am is so that I feel better. I'm more than happy to help somebody else, but it's secondary. <laughs> Primarily, I'm like, I just feel much better when I can. And I don't, I don't, I don't deserve, and I, you know, I feel, I, I feel like bad, like I, I can't really email Red Cross and say, yeah, I just, I don't do it for you. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. I know because I, I really want to help other people. But the reality is, is that the, my motivation is so that I feel better. And I wonder if that's sometimes our view of integrity. Is if we do things, even though it's a good action, even if it's a right action, it's a wrong attitude. Oh, yeah, Red Cross Chris, Doak, you're awesome. Thank you for another donation. Wow, you're really just piling them up. And I'm like, yeah, I am pretty sweet. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. But really, the heart is, the motivation is, um, I, just want, I just want to feel better. And sometimes integrity is just about not just having the right action, but it's having the right attitude as well. Are you with me? Those of you that are in the room, those of you who are watching, okay. The second thing, what is integrity? It's, it's, it's motivation, but it's also integration. It's integration. As a matter of fact, integrity, integrity comes from the word integer or integration, integer. Integer, uh, you know, again, if you're a math whiz like me, no. uh, integer is a, is a whole number. It's a whole number. It, it's, not a, it's not a fraction number. It's a whole number, and that's about the limit of I know about in integers, okay, uh, just for the purposes of the sermon illustration. So that's where integrity comes from. It, it means that you're a, a whole person. You're a whole person. You're not divided. You're not segregated. You're not separated. In other words, that your character and your morals are, 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 the, are the whole package. It's, it's like a pizza, Okay? It's like a pizza. So in a pizza, it's a, it's a whole pizza. It's a whole thing, but it's, it's, it's cut into small pieces. And so sometimes we look at, when it comes to our character or our integrity, and we look at our life as like this pizza, that this piece is my career, and this piece is my family life, and this piece is my friendship world. And this piece is, you know, the, the, my, my uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know, my, 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 my spiritual life. And we, and we segregate like a pizza, like pieces of a pizza, we segregate our life into different categories. 
We put them into different areas. And so how we act over here may be different than what we act over here. How we respond in this slice is different than how we respond in that slice. And that's not integrity. Integrity is a wholeness about you. In other words, you act with, you act correct, you act moral, you act with character, not only here in the church building, but also in your office building. Not only here in this place, but also wherever it is that you do life. It's, it's the, your whole life is a life of integrity. Your whole life is a life of integrity. And when you have a whole in one area of your life, it affects the whole. Have you ever heard the, 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 the phrase, you are an integral part of this business. You are an integral part of this family. You are an integral part of this church. In other words, you are, your part is, is important to the whole. Your part is important to the whole. Did you know that the Titanic, you know the Titanic, the unsinkable ship that sank? They built the Titanic with um, different, in, in different segments. They, what they did was they, they built it in different sections or, and, they, and they segregated, you know, built in segregated within the Titanic. And they had the thought of, well, if there's a hole that happens in this part of the boat, then we'll just, it won't affect the rest of the boat. Well, that proved to be wrong, didn't it? They, in this massive ship that was unsinkable, they segregated the ship thinking that if there was a hole on one side of the boat, it won't affect the other side of the boat. Do that if, if you want to. Go out on a boat with your whole family and start a little hole on the back of the boat and see if the, front, the people in the front of the boat get concerned. When it comes to integrity, it's about the whole. So when you think that you privately are getting away with something, you're still influencing and impacting the whole. Because you are an integral part of your family. You're an integral part of your career. You're an integral part of your finances. You're an integral part of your church. Our integrity matters to the whole. One individual person affects the whole thing. This is so important for all of us. That the areas that we think we keep private and the areas we think we're going to segregate and keep to ourselves over here, it's affecting the whole thing. Whether you know it or not, it is. So what is integrity? It's, um, man, it's, it's integration, but it's, it's motivation and it's authenticity. It's authenticity. It's being who you say 
you are. It's doing what you say you'll do. This is an image of uh, one of the first actors. He's actually uh, credited as being the first actor. And his name is Thespis. And as a matter of fact, from his name, they coined a thespian, which is a, which is a character or an actor in, in a performance, a thespian. And an actor had a Greek, this was, a, this was about 500 or so BC, when Thespis was, was, would go and he would, he would perform to crowds of people. And he, what he would do is that he would take a mask like this and he would be one character and then he would go and he would grab another, another mask and he would pretend to be another character and then he would go and grab another mask and he would be that character and he would do that, you know, four, five, six times and he would just change the mask that he put on to, for his performance. And they called that term, this term right here, hypocrites, hypocrites. And it's where we get our term hypocrites. Hypocrites. It's that when we put on a mask to say, I'm this, and we put on another mask and we say, I'm that. And we put another mask and say, hey, look at me. And we put on another mask and say, hey, believe this about me. And we are, all we're doing is being hypocrites. We're just being hypocrites. And integrity is about being authentic to who you are. That you are who you say you are. And you're not a hypocrite. Putting on a mask for this group. Putting on a mask for that group. Putting on a facade to impress this person. Putting on a facade to impress that person. It's a hypocrite hypocrite. So how, how do we not, how not to be a hypocrite and maintain your integrity? I, I, I know you've been asking that. I know you're sitting there like, okay, how, how do I, how do I not be a hypocrite and maintain my integrity or keep my integrity or get my integrity back? A couple things and I'll be done. Number one, keep your promises. Amen. Keep your promises. Keep your promises. Now, that means you keep your promises to your spouse. You keep your promises to your kids. You keep your promises to your colleagues, your boss. You keep your promises to your God. You keep your promises to yourself. Keep your promises. When you say you're going to do something, you do it. It was a, a dad who told his daughter that they were going to have a, a date. That he was going to come home from work and he was going to take her to McDonald's and then after McDonald's they were going to go to Dairy Queen. Sounds like a great date, doesn't it? Well, the dad was realizing that he had more to do at work than he thought and he's trying to get done but he can't get done and he's getting interrupted and he's got some things he's got to take care of and his daughter is just at home and she's excited and she's excited and then she's waiting and 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 finally too late he shows up into the house and he says oh honey I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I I, I know we were supposed to have a date but 
I, I just got caught up at work. I had this, this that I had to do. I got to do that. I got to do that. And I, I know I promised you, but, but I, I, you know, I'm so sorry. And his daughter asked the dad, she said, Dad, how much do you make an hour? Dad was like, well, that's kind of a weird question. He's like, I don't know, about $30 an hour. And she goes, Dad, can I have five of it? Can I have five of it? And the dad felt guilty, right, because he broke his promise, so he felt guilty. It's what us dads do. And so he gave her $5. And she takes that $5 and she goes up to her room. And she goes, oh, now I have enough. And she takes that $5 and she puts it into the other money that she had. And she comes down the stairs and she hands her dad $30 and says, Dad, can I have an hour of your time? (laughs) Keep your promises. Keep your promises. You know, here's some tips. Here's a tip. And I'm I'm not good at this, but here's a tip. Make less promises. Okay, like minimize the promises because let, let, let those promises, and I'm telling you, in Scripture, promises are a big deal. In Scripture, promises are, are a bigger deal than what we realize or we, you know, incorporate in our, in our culture. They're a big deal. So listen, figure out what's important and make less of those promises. Just just make less so that you can actually fulfill your promises. Do you know what happens when you fulfill your promises? It, It strengthens your integrity. Every time that you make a promise and you fulfill that promise, it builds your integrity. Just like when you you know, diet or you exercise or whatever the case is. The more you exercise that, the stronger you'll become. Anytime that you make a promise and you keep that promise, whatever it is, big promise, small promise, whatever it is, all what that will do, it was it will build your integrity. It will strengthen your integrity. So for us, in order for us not to disappoint and not to lessen or weaken our integrity, let's have less promises and fulfill those promises so that you can build your integrity. Less promises, but make them of more priority. Less promises, more priorities. Make them more important. So things like your faith are, are, should be a priority. Make promises to yourself. Make promises to God. Those are important. Your family, those are important. These are things that, you're, that, are, that you should make less promises, but make them more of a priority. Make them more important. James says it this way. James 5.12 says, but above all, look at it, but above all, like that's a big statement. But above all, my brethren, do not swear neither by heaven nor, or by earth or with any other oath, but your yes is to be your yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. So keep your promises. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And when that happens, you're going to strengthen your integrity. You're going to strengthen your integrity. That's what I have. So keep your promises. The second thing to do 
Confess your problems. Confess your problems. Here's what Augustine said. He says, confession of bad works is the beginning of good works. So confess your problems. Let's be the kind of Christians that we ought to be, and that is transparent. Like, let's not pretend that we are people who always have it together. Like, I don't know what we're trying to do, but we're not fooling anybody. Like, we're not fooling anyone. Because, you know, you know, and, and, the, and the world knows, and an unchurched person knows, and a non-Christian knows, listen, we are just broken people. And we, that the gospel is the fact that we have to admit that we're sinners saved by grace, broken people, and we need a savior. So then why then, why then after we receive Jesus, we pretend as if now everything is perfect? You want to have integrity? You want to not be a hypocrite? It starts confessing the things that are problems for you and for me. Listen, here's a, here's a phrase that I don't know who coined it, but I like it. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay. It's okay sometimes to not be okay. Because isn't that the reality of, the li- of life? When we start to pretend, put on a mask, that everything's okay, then our integrity begins to break away. Begins to break away. So you know the Great Wall of China, right? Great Wall of China, there's a picture of it right there. Real thick wall, super high, and very long. And they did that in order for them to protect from any kind of barbarians to come in and and invade their their land. They built that. High wall, thick, stretches out long. You know, for the first hundred years, even after they built this great wall, their country was invaded three times. Three times. You say, so the wall didn't work? No, the wall worked just fine. It wasn't because they figured out how to climb over the wall. It was too tall. It wasn't because they figured out how to break through the wall. It was too thick. It wasn't because they figured out how to get around the wall. It was too long. You know how they were able to get in? By bribing the gatekeeper. (laughs) After all that, you know what they didn't do? They worked so hard at creating this perimeter and this barricade and these, this boundary. But they forgot to work on the problem with human nature. And that is the heart of a man. You see, you could have your boundaries and you could have the perimeters and you can put up these walls for your protection, and all of those things are good things. They are. 
But if you and I aren't guarding our hearts, then we're open to some serious invasion of our integrity. We really are. This week, I was, um, I had to, I wanted to run and pick up our groceries. Uh, we ordered our groceries online, and so I was going to run to this grocery store and pick up our groceries. And so I call, and they, you, you check in, and, and then they um, bring your groceries out. And they tell you over the, over the voice machine, they say, you know, if it's after, after beyond 10 minutes, call back. And so, so I call, check in, and 10 minutes go by, still no, no, nothing. The person didn't come with the groceries. 15 minutes, nothing. 20 minutes, nothing. So I call the number back. And, and to be honest with you, I was a little annoyed. I'm confessing my problems right now is what I'm doing. Because I'm just trying to do something really quick and so I can get home and, and it's now lunchtime. And, and, if, and if you know anything about me, man, when I'm hungry, I get hangry. I just get hangry, you know. And I'm, I'm, it's now like 1230 and it's now past my lunchtime, you know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a problem. You should pray for my wife. And so I, I, I'm, it's now 20 minutes and I call and I'm like, and I'm like, get a, I'm just going to let them know that they're making me wait way too long. And so I, I finally go through the, the, you know, the, the computer bot system that, you know, tells me when. And so I'm like hitting buttons, waiting. I just need to talk to a person. You ever done this before? Come on. Come on. You ever just like, I need to talk to a person. Give me a person, not a com computer. I, you are way more spiritual than I am because I feel like you are just looking judging me. Don't judge me, okay? So I finally get a person on the phone, and I'm like, listen, I've been waiting for like 25, 30 minutes for my groceries now, and I'm just wondering what's going on in there. And they say, well, what's the name? And I said, it's under, and I gave them my wife's name. It's under Katie Doak. That's a D-O-A-K. It's under Katie Doak. And she goes, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, um, we're just short staff in here, and we're doing the best we can. <sighs> I said, oh, you take your time. Oh, gosh. I am such a jerk. Uh, you, whatever, you just, I'll, when, man, as soon as they came out, man, I was out of my car. Let me do it for you. Go back inside. It's freezing out here. You know, like, I, uh, oh, man. So I don't know if she's watching right now. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't blame her. She's not, but, but man, I, 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 I just want to be who I'm supposed to be whether I'm right here, standing right here, or I'm waiting too long for my groceries. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a whole authentic, with the right motives. That's integrity. And if we're not careful, and if we're not guarding our heart, which by the way, that's what God's looking at, we're gonna be in trouble going to be in trouble. So let's be the kind of people that God wants us to be as we move forward.
We don't like the situation. Do you think Job did? Nope. But Job can control the one thing, and that was his integrity. And so can you as a way forward from here. Let's pray. Father, oh man, Lord, we just, I, I, you know us, you know us, you know our motives, you know our hearts, you know our intentions. I just pray, Lord, that we're people of integrity. We may not always get it right. David didn't. But he was a man after your own heart. Because you don't look at the outward appearance, you look at the heart. So we're, glad, we're, we're grateful in these, in these times when we're, <laughs> we're not always proud of our actions. But yet we just want to be people that, you know, keep our promises. Our yes is our yes and our no is our no. And we're people that are transparent. <laughs> we just confess, oh, I, I've got some hangups here. I've got some issues here and I don't, I don't want my life to erode because of them. So I'm just going to keep them. I'm going to keep them in the light. I'm going to keep them in the light. I pray that that's who we are. That's who we are. Wherever we go, whatever we do, that's who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.